Thanks for joining us for Open Bible Online today. Open Bible Baptist Church has been in South Jersey for over 60 years. We love this community and we want to be a help to you. In order to help us help you in the best way possible, would you do us a favor? Please fill out the digital connection card posted in this link. Here you could post prayer requests and also ask any questions you may have about Open Bible. If you'd like to give today, you could give online in less than two minutes. Visit openbiblenj.org for more information. Thanks again for joining us today. Now enjoy the service. Happy 4th of July weekend. I hope that you're doing well. I hope that you are having a great weekend, enjoying the holiday. But I want to thank you for taking a little bit of time out of the uh, weekend to be able to spend around the Word of God. So I'd encourage you to get your uh, favorite drink if you would. And I got mine in my open Bible uh, cup here, uh, water, just plain old water. But that's me. I drink a lot of water. But grab yours if you would, your favorite drink. Get your family all around. Open up your Bibles to Matthew chapter 27. Matthew chapter 27. I'm going to be speaking to you this morning on the, the topic, what are you doing with Jesus? What? are you doing with Jesus? Matthew chapter 27, verses 11 through 31, the Bible reads, And Jesus stood before the governor, and the governor asked him, saying, Art thou the king of the Jews? And Jesus said unto him, Thou sayest. And when he was accused of the chief priests and elders, he answered nothing. Then said Pilate unto him, Hearest thou not how many things they witness against thee? And he answered him, to never a word, insomuch that the governor marveled greatly. Now the feast of the governor was wont to be released unto the people a prisoner, whom they would. And they had a notable prisoner, prisoner called Barabbas. Therefore, when they were gathered together, Pilate said unto them, Whom will ye that I release unto you, Barabbas, or Jesus, which is called Christ? For he knew that for envy they had delivered him. When he was set down on the judgment seat, his wife sent unto him, saying, Have thou nothing to do with this just man? For I have suffered many things this day, and a dream because of him. But the chief priests and elders persuaded the multitude that they should ask Barabbas and destroy Jesus. The governor answered and said unto him, Whether of the twain will ye that I release unto you? They said, Barabbas. Pilate saith unto him, What shall I do then with Jesus, which is called the Christ? Then all they say unto him, Let him be crucified. And the governor said, Why? What evil hath he done? But they cried out the more, saying, Let him be crucified. When Pilate saw that he could prevail nothing, but rather a tumult was made, he took water and washed his hands before the multitude, saying, I am innocent of the blood of this just person. See ye to it. Then answered all the people and said, His blood be on us and our children. Then released he Barabbas unto them, and when he had scourged Jesus, he delivered him to be crucified. Then the soldiers of the governor took Jesus into the common hall, and gathered unto him the whole band of soldiers, and they stripped him, and put on him a scarlet robe. And when they had plaited a crown of thorns, they put it upon his head, and a reed in his right hand. And they bowed the knee before him, and mocked him, saying, Hail, king of the Jews! And they spit upon him and took the reed, and smote him on the head. And after they had mocked him, they took the robe off from him, and put his own raiment on him, and they led him away to be crucified. Let's pray. 
My Father in heaven, I thank you for the opportunity to be able to share your word one more time. And Lord, I do ask that you would go before and that you would use your word in the lives of these, your people who are watching, who are watching, who are listening. And Lord, I pray that if there are those that are in this audience today that do not know you, that they would come to know you as their personal savior. We thank you for the saving grace that you've bestowed upon us through the person and the work of the Lord Jesus Christ. Lord, I pray for the Christian that their hearts would be encouraged today, that they would answer the question, what are they doing with Jesus? Lord, I pray that as your word goes forth, that it would not return void, and I thank you for that. I love you. In Jesus' name, amen. What are you doing with Jesus? You know, it's been often said that if you ask the right questions, you get the right answers. Others have said that great leaders ask great questions. You know, questions help us to be able to open up opportunities. It can help us to make decisions. Uh, if you notice the ministry of Jesus, Jesus asked people a lot of questions. Instead of being accusatory and just making statements, uh, you ask questions to be able to help endear yourself to others. In this portion of scripture, what we find is we find that Pilate has asked a very important question. He asked what he should do with Jesus. Basically, what this whole portion of scripture comes down to is that Jesus was delivered up. The innocent was delivered up so that you and I could live a life of deliverance. He said, Pilate said, what should I do with Jesus? We find out in this passage that what he did with Jesus was that he delivered him up. But what was the reason that he delivered him up? He delivered Jesus up in order that you and I could live a life of deliverance. See, Jesus was not delivered to be crucified because he was guilty. Jesus was delivered to be crucified so that you and I would not have to live a life of guilt before God. See, Jesus was an innocent man. And in this passage, I want us to see the innocence of Jesus. And as we look at the innocence of Jesus, I want you to think about the question, what are you doing with Jesus? I want you to see, first of all, Jesus's innocence in the accusation. Jesus's innocence in the accusation. The question of this pilot uh, uh, is where I get the title uh, for this message. And this question is a question that faces all people. What should I do with Jesus? Friends, what should you do with Jesus? This is a question of great importance because what you do with Jesus determines your eternal destiny. So what are you going to do with Jesus? If you remember with me uh, in this, in this uh, part of the book of Matthew, we see that Jesus is going through two trials. One by the Jews, which is now complete, and the other by the Romans. And the common thread that is apparent in both of these trials is that Jesus was without fault. He, he's sinless. He's innocent. Over and over again, we see this echoed by not just one person, not just two people, but by many people. We see the perfect righteousness of Jesus. And though 
there were many sinful acts of men in this portion of scripture. Jesus is still declared righteous. Look with me at the accusation. We see Jesus' innocence in the accusation. What's the accusation? Are you the king of the Jews? Are you the king of the Jews? This is the accusation that the Jews made that this is why, that's why the question is being asked. Pilate would have never asked this question if the Jews were not accusing this of Jesus. What I find interesting here is that um, when Pilate asked the Jews what the accusation against Jesus was, the Jews were upset at Pilate for even asking that question. Basically, they were saying to Pilate, uh, you don't even have a right to ask this question. Uh, why are you asking this question? They, they were saying that, look, if he wasn't guilty, we would not have brought him uh, to you. And we see that in uh, this passage of, of Scripture. They were upset with Pilate because he even asked a question. Basically, what these people were looking for on that day is they were not looking for a judge. They were looking for an executioner. I want you to turn in your Bibles to Luke chapter 23 and verse 2. Because this is where you find that they came up with this accusation. In Luke chapter 23 and verse 2, the Bible says, And they began to accuse him, saying, We found this fellow perverting the nation and for, forbidding to give tribute to Caesar, saying that he himself is Christ a king. They said three things about Jesus. Now remember, this was the Jews who already had their trial going before Pilate accusing Jesus, but we see Jesus is innocent even in the accusation. They said three things about Jesus. First, that he's perverting the nation. Secondly, that he's refusing to pay taxes. And thirdly, that he's claiming to be a king. But if you look at scripture, that is not why the Jews convicted Jesus in his Jewish trial. You know what they said? They said that he committed blasphemy, that he said that he was the son of God. So then when Pilate asked them, what accusations do you have against Jesus? Why didn't they bring that up? Well, because they knew that that reason, that accusation would not hold up in a Roman court. They don't care that Jesus claimed, the Roman court does not care that Jesus claimed to be the Son of God. So they came up with something that would threaten the Roman government, that would threaten the security of Rome. See, the innocence of Jesus in the accusation is that he did not stir up the nation to rebel against the government. He wasn't perverting the nation. He did not forbid to pay taxes. As a matter of fact, you can find it in another portion of Scripture where um, the Jews came and tried to trap Jesus and said, is it lawful to give unto Caesar? And Jesus said, render unto Caesar the things that are Caesar's and render unto God the things that are God's. You know what he's saying? He's saying, pay your taxes. And, and he did not try and set him up himself uh, uh, as king against Caesar. See, and after Pilate examined Jesus of these charges, he finds no fault in him. Look at John chapter 18 and verse 38. See what the Bible says. John chapter 18 and verse 38. Pilate saith unto him, what is truth? And when he said that, and when he had said this, he went out again unto the Jews and saith unto him, I find in him no fault at all. There is no fault found 
of a Gentile government upon Jesus. Jesus was innocent in the accusations made against him. Question for you is, what are you going to do with Jesus? He was innocent in the accusations made against him. You know what that tells me? That his life is pure. That his life is righteous. But I want you to take a look at secondly. Jesus' innocence in his silence. Matthew chapter 27 and verse 14. Jesus' innocence in his silence. And he marveled and he answered him and he answered to him never a word insomuch that the governor marveled greatly. Jesus' silence was not a silence of, of guilt, but a silence of innocence. The reason Jesus didn't say anything is because he was already declared not guilty. What's there to say? I, I have been declared not guilty of all those accusations that the Jews laid against him, that he was trying to stir up the government, that he refused to pay taxes, or stir up the nation, refused to pay taxes, and that he was mounting a coup against Caesar. He has already been found innocent. So when you're found innocent, there's nothing to say. Jesus had no need to answer anyone. And to be honest with you, this amazed the court. Why? Because there had been a great many of people that they had seen throughout their years in judicial work to try and proclaim their innocence. They had heard people plead their case many times. They had seen the fear on the face of people who were doing everything that they could to persuade the court of their innocence in order to avoid the cross. But not Jesus. Hey, think about it. If he were a disturber of the nation, why isn't he speaking up? If Jesus was leading an insurrection, why is he remaining silent? If Jesus was trying to usurp the authority and kingship of Caesar, why is he not demanding his innocence? See, Jesus was none of those things. And in being silent, he was fulfilling the words of the prophet Isaiah. In Isaiah chapter 53, Isaiah prophesied this of Jesus in verse 7. He was oppressed and he was afflicted, yet he opened not his mouth. He has brought as a lamb to the slaughter, and as a sheep before his shears is dumb, so he openeth not his mouth. See, friend, Jesus was willing to go to the cross as an innocent man. And it was the silence of Jesus that spoke to his innocence. I have a question for you. What are you doing with Jesus? See, Jesus was innocent in the accusations that they made. Jesus was innocent in his silence. I want you to take a look thirdly. Jesus' innocence in their hostility. Take a look at Matthew chapter 27 and verse 15. Now at the feast, the governor was wont to release unto the people a prisoner whom they would. Now this is the third phase of the Roman trial. And at the feast, we said, what's that feast? It's the feast of the Passover. It was the custom to show kindness to the conquered people to release a criminal. So because the Jews were conquered by the Romans, to show uh, them mercy, to show them kindness, what they would do, a, a, a sign of goodwill, was to release a prisoner. And in verse 16, take a look at verse 16. It says, and they had a notable prisoner called Barabbas. They had a prisoner that was well known. 
This man was a famous criminal. I think about some of the famous criminals uh, in, in our country. Uh, if I mention the name Al Capone, most people know about Al Capone. <laughs> think about Charles Manson. Many people have heard about Charles Manson. Ted Bundy. Most people in America have heard about Ted Bundy. How about Timothy McVeigh? These are notable criminals. Most of if, if not all people know about these, these individuals. They are very famous for their wickedness. This is who Barabbas was. He was known and he was feared. Pilate knew that the, the Jewish leaders had delivered Jesus up because of envy. And because he knew that, he was trying to have Jesus released. Take a look in verse 18. For that he knew that for envy he had delivered him. See, the motive was out in the open. Pilate was trying to have Jesus released, to be able to be set free. But the Jewish leaders stirred up the crowd. They created a hostile environment. And when Pilate asked the crowd who they wanted to be released, they screamed out, Barabbas. Pilate said, who do you want released back into your society? Jesus, the miracle worker, the one who has healed people, the one who has, has uh, opened the eyes of the blind, the one who has fed people. I mean, from a societal standpoint, Jesus was the one that every society would want. But because of the hostility of the crowd, they said, we want this infamous murderer. We want Barabbas. See, the hostility of the crowd took over. They had become bloodthirsty at this point. Pilate asked the question, then what do you want me to do with Jesus? Take a look at verse 23. And the governor said, why? What evil hath he done? Give me proof that he's not innocent. But they cried out the more saying, let him be crucified. You know what? Truth did not matter any longer. The facts didn't matter anymore. They were bloodthirsty. But once again, the innocence of Jesus is on full display. Pilate says, why? What evil has he done? Jesus once again comes out blameless. Let me ask you a question, friend. What are you doing with Jesus? See, Jesus was innocent in the accusation. Jesus was innocent in his silence. Jesus was innocent in their hostility. And I want you to take a look at number four. Jesus' innocence in the governor's consent. Matthew chapter 27 and verse 24. Jesus' innocence in the governor's consent. When Pilate saw that he could prevail nothing, but that rather a tumult was made, a riot, he took water and washed his hands before the multitude, saying, I am innocent of the blood of this just person. See ye to it. Pilate saw that he couldn't do anything to gain favor with the Jews. If you study history a little bit, the Jews and Pilate were not on good terms. He had already stirred up the Jewish uh, people three times before, and he had felt the pressure of uh, Caesar because of that, uh, because Caesar did not want any uprisings. And so 
the governor, Pilate, consented. Because the only thing that Pilate saw coming was a riot if he did not give in to what he wanted. Sound familiar? So what does Pilate do? He washes his hands to reveal that he is innocent of this man's blood. The very act of Pilate states once again that Jesus is innocent, that he's righteous, that he's pure, that he's holy. Even in the consent of Pilate, the purity of Jesus is brought forth. Pilate tried to get rid of Jesus and to be free from the guilt of condemning an innocent man, but he could not. History tells us that Pilate, like Judas, committed suicide. Pilate, like Judas, could not carry the guilt and the burden of turning over an innocent man to be put to death. See, friend, Jesus is innocent. He's righteous. He's holy. And this great truth of ours ties into our salvation. It rests upon the fact that Jesus was and is the spotless lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. Jesus was innocent even in the governor's consent. Let me ask you, what will you do with Jesus? There have been men down throughout the ages that have been put to death that may not have committed the crime that they were accused of. But there has never been any other man except for Jesus that was put to death that was completely innocent. All of us are sinners. Like I said, there might have been men and women that have been put to death falsely accused of a crime that they did not commit. But there's never been a man or woman that's been put to death that is totally innocent of all sin, except for Jesus. And Jesus died to save you and to save me from our sins. The Bible tells us that we're all sinners. Romans 3.23, for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. The Bible tells us that the wages of sin is death. That because we sin, the payment for that is death. We are going to die, and that death there represents, it means that we're going to be separated from God for all of eternity in a place called hell. But the Bible also tells us that God demonstrated his love towards us. How did he do that? He sent Jesus to die on the cross for our sins. In that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. See, Jesus already paid the payment for our sin. He already died for us. And he took the full wrath of God for us. And the Bible goes on to say that whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. That if you or that if I were to call out to Jesus and ask him to save us from our sins, he would. We'd be forgiven. What we're doing is we're saying, God, I accept Jesus as my payment for my sin debt. The death that I was supposed to experience because of my sin, I am going to accept the gift of Jesus. 
and I put my faith in him. I realize that I'm a sinner. I can't pay it on my own. And I realize that Jesus is the savior of the world and that he died on the cross and was raised three days later according to the scripture. I'm accepting that free gift that you're offering to me. And I'm putting my faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. Friends, if you've done that today, I would like you to fill out an electronic connection card. And I would like you to let us know that you've done that. And I will send you this book and this Bible to be able to help you on your way, to be able to encourage you in your walk with the Lord, to be able to help you understand all that it means to be a Christian. It's not just about turning over a new leaf, but it's about a total new direction for your life. Christian friend, what are you gonna do with Jesus? Judas betrayed Jesus. Peter denied Jesus. The disciples left Jesus. Pilate crucified Jesus. The crowd condemned Jesus. See, those who know Christ, your eternity is not at stake. But you know what? Your fellowship with Jesus is. What are you going to do with Jesus this week? Are you going to ignore his promptings? Are you going to meet with him in the word? Or are you going to forget about him? Are you going to spend time in prayer with him? Are you going to share him with others in our community? See, what are you going to do with Jesus? Jesus was delivered up as an innocent man so that we could live a life of deliverance. Christian friend, shouldn't we be sharing that life of deliverance with others? I believe you already know the answer to that. God bless you, and I hope you have a great day. Again for watching us online today. If you haven't done so already, please fill out a digital connection card so we know how to better serve you this week. For encouragement throughout your week, you can listen to past sermons by searching Open Bible Baptist Church on the Apple Podcast or Google Play Store. If you'd like to give today, you could give online at openbiblenj.org. Thanks again for joining us today. We'll see you on the next broadcast.